Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Well, hey, um, you, you may have heard of a, a specific athlete. Her name is Lindsay Jacobellis. If, if you're an avid fan of the Winter Olympics, her name is familiar to you for a number of reasons. A world champion snowboarder, world champion U.S. snowboarder, specifically for the event known as the Snowboard Cross. But what she is most known for back in 2006 her first Olympic Games, what she's known for is not for what she won, but what she lost. (laughs) And in a dramatic fashion, she was so close to the gold medal and yet somehow lost. Take a look. Now to get the speed, Jacob Ellis looking very sure now to make it a one, two, three on American. Oh, Maya Ricker going straight through the fence on the back of the A32. Ibrahimovic now for Lindsay Jacob Ellis, a seemingly uncatchable lead as she comes through. Through the curl, into the Coliseum. Lindsay Jacob Ellis is cruising now. She knows she's out in front. Maya Ricker through the fence. Just in the back there, Tanya Frieden. Where is Dominique Maltese? That is the big question. Bronze medal. It looks like we've got gold and silver sewn up. Mayel Ricker in the fence is not going to be able to recover in time. Very, very unfortunate for her. This is a lap of honor for Lindsay Jacobellis. The Americans back. Oh, drama! Jacobellis is down! Oh, look at her! This is incredible! Freedom! Freedom! Unbelievable! Lindsay Jacobellis has thrown a gold medal away in the last 100 meters. Oh! First of all, I love the passion of the announcer. Come on, right? But so, so here's what happens, right? Lindsay in the lead. No one would catch her. A victory lap, as the commentator says. The Olympic gold was just on the other side of that last jump. How many thousands and thousands and millions of times had she done a jump just like that? All the preparation that went into this moment. So close to a gold medal. And and while accidents happen and mistakes happen, those that know something about the sport knew that her fall, part of the reason for the fall is she attempted in the air on her final jump a trick, a move, a method grab. I would try to demonstrate it for you, but I don't have the proper tire, so just bear with me for a minute. That in her last jump, unnecessarily, she tries to do a trick in the air, and it cost her cost her, her her loss of focus in just that moment. Uh, Later, she was quoted as saying, snowboarding is fun. I was just having fun. But that split-second decision, that loss of focus for just a minute, she didn't reach her goal. She never reached 
that goal in 2006. As we read the words from Paul today in Philippians, Paul wants us thinking about the goal. Not, not an Olympic gold. In fact, something worth far more than that. But Paul wants us thinking about the goal. So turn with me today, Philippians chapter 3. As we're thinking about the goal, as we're thinking about the ultimate prize, right? This letter, Philippians, was written thousands of years ago with instructions on how to live the Jesus life. How do we live in response to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? That's what Paul is all about, and that's what he's writing this letter to his friends, fellow believers, the Philippians. And that's his focus as he writes from a Roman prison. And so we're going to begin today in verse 12. If you haven't been with us, we've been week after week. I think this is week seven uh, that we've been in this series. And so we'd love for you to take a a listen back throughout the series to catch up with us. But but if you've missed any of it, today's a good day because we're jumping in to verse 12 of Philippians chapter 3. It says this, Not that I have already obtained all this. This is Paul writing. Or that I've already arrived at my goal. Remember, we're talking about the goal this morning. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind Straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already obtained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For, as I've often told you before and now tell you again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. This is the word of the Lord for us today. What is the goal? Paul wants us to be thinking and reading, and he wants the Philippians and even uh, us today, thousands of years later, as we read these words, he wants us thinking about the goal. So what is The goal, well, the goal for Paul is the heavenward call. The heavenward call. Life on earth may be important, and it is. Obedience on earth may be important, and it is. But let's never forget the goal, is what Paul's saying. Paul gives some further description of this goal. Our citizenship is in heaven. This has powerful implications because Philippi, again, the place where Paul is writing, was filled with individuals who were proud of their Roman citizenship. They were proud to be citizens of Rome, a powerful empire. But, but their allegiance to Rome often far exceeded any allegiance to God. Paul is declaring that we are ultimately citizens of heaven. This speaks to our identity, our heritage, our our family, right? If we think of ourselves as citizens of this world first, then we've lost sight of the goal. That's what Paul's saying. We're citizens of heaven first. Also, Paul speaks of awaiting the return of a savior. 
This is a critical part of the goal, isn't it? Jesus is coming back. You may say, well, well Paul, you, you just experienced, you know, witnessed uh, the, you know, Jesus appearing to him on the road, and, and Jesus had, had died and was resurrected, but, but Paul is believing and pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming back. The resurrected Jesus, sitting at the right hand of the Father, will return again. So as citizens of heaven, Paul says, we long for the return of the king. The king is going to come back, and, and he'll transform our bodies so that we're like him. So this is the goal. The promise of heaven, the call to be citizens of his kingdom, and the promise of the soon coming king who will return to transform us completely and finally. This is the goal. This is the goal that Paul wants us to be thinking of, that he wants us focused on. So, if that's the goal, and we're on the journey, how, how do we get there? What's the secret? What, what's... what's the, what method do we use? And that's where Paul addresses this. He says, look, I'm not there yet. I, I haven't arrived there yet. But, but then he, he focuses on the one thing. If you have your copy of Scripture, if you have your copy of Scripture, verse 13 and 14, hi highlight that. Because Paul says, this is the one thing I do. And notice, this one thing really involves two things. There are two things that happen simultaneously, dependent on each other. You can't really do one without the other. But Paul says, with the goal in mind, this is the one thing that I do. Forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead. You see it there in verse 13. If I'm serious about the prize, if I'm serious about the goal, and I haven't arrived there yet, this is what it's all about. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. This is a very future-oriented text because for Paul, that's how we reach the goal. He wants us to be future-oriented because that's the key for our success. If, if you're serious about the goal, as Paul describes it, you've got to be thinking ahead of the future. So let's look at this briefly uh, in two parts, forgetting what is behind, forgetting what is behind. Let's talk about that for a minute and why that matters and what that means and what that doesn't mean. Because I think that's really important. The truth is today, your past may be filled with good things. I hope it is. Good memories. Important lessons. We, we just came through a season of celebrating graduations, right? Just over these last two weeks, even our high school graduates. And, and that's a celebration of memory. Good memories. Good things, right? So Paul is not saying that the past is bad. He, he's definitely not saying the past doesn't matter. But here's the problem. No matter what's in your past, whether it's good or not, if you live there, if you camp out there, if you hang out there only, we, we, there's consequences. And Paul gets into it here. For some of us, maybe you do have a past filled with regrets and pain and, and missed opportunities and what if. And if the regret and, and shame is so great and we get stuck there, we lose focus on what's ahead. We can't focus on what's ahead when we get stuck on what's behind. Even if it's good, we, we, can't, we can't keep focus on what's ahead when we're stuck on what is behind. Here's an important truth from God's word today. That your past, my past, only, uh, your past, let me say it again, has no more power than what you give it. 
Think about this for a minute because I know, listen, I know I'm speaking to some of you in your past. There's some stuff there. There's some pain there. There's some hurt there. There's some regret there. But the truth is, not my truth. God's word says that the past, your past, only has the power that you give it. It has no more power than what you allow it to have in your life. Listen, Paul is not literally forgetting. He doesn't, he doesn't suffer from memory loss. Paul is removing the power of what's behind him. He's not pretending, la, 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 none of that existed. That's, that's silly. But what Paul is saying, he's removing through the power of the Lord at work. He's removing the weight of those things, of the past. He's removing the power of what's behind him that would hinder him in the now. He's not removing the actual memory, but its weight. Even, even if you don't have a past filled with, with regrets, as Paul did. Remember, Paul had a lot of regrets, didn't he? He had a lot of things in his past that he would probably like to pretend didn't happen. And maybe that's not you today. I hope it's not. That's awesome. But even if that's, that's not you, and you don't have all these regrets in your past, there's, there's a really important point here. When I'm running, and again, I, I run from time to time, it's very practical. And even if you're not a runner, you would understand this. Uh, if you're running this way, and you keep looking that way, it's impossible to stay on the course. You know this in driving, right? You're driving this way, and you have your attention focused all over here. It's going to affect the course, right? You're going to end up zigzagging all over. It's impossible to stay moving in the right direction when your focus is constantly back here. So even if, even if you don't have a, a past filled with regrets, if we keep looking back here, eventually it's going to distract us from moving forward in the direction that the Lord would have us. So every time you look back, and again, I'm not talking about we don't reminisce. I'm not talking about we erase, but I'm talking about the weight of those things. When we camp out there, when we live there in the past, it keeps our eyes off what is ahead. This is why Paul says, you press on. You press on. You passionately pursue the goal right? You forget what's behind. For some of you, your past screams loudly at you. For others, it's that persistent, nagging whisper of failure. Either way, Paul says, forget it. Forget it. Forget what is behind. Far too many times in my life, I've given my past too much power, too much weight uh, for me, one of the things that I can do too much is, is the what-if game. I can, I can go back in the past and I can play out and say, oh, what if I had done this differently? What if this had played out differently? And I, I can beat myself up for the wrong thing. And for me, something that I can battle with in regards to the past is shame. Shame, many of you can identify this in your life. Paul would have been familiar with. But he's doing it in order to give a very real-life example of what it means to run the race with persistence. Last week, we, we, we spoke of, if you weren't here, we spoke of Paul's warning against worthless religion, empty practices, empty ideas that we try to use to somehow make us righteous. And we talked about the temptation that we have at times as believers to, to try to make God about convenience, our God box. If he fits into our lives, th then we take him where we want him to go, we, but, but then we, we push him aside when it's not convenient. But listen to the language Paul uses here to describe our journey. A straining, 
a pushing forward, a yearning and longing to reach the goal. That's not, that's not about convenience, is it? That's about a commitment. In order to reach the goal, I'm going to forget what is behind, and I'm going to strain towards what's ahead, even when it's hard, even when it's a little sweaty. <laughs> Today, what are you straining towards in your life? What, what would you say in your life today? You are straining, you are passionately pursuing with all that you have. Or maybe the better question, what do your actions and your attitude and your priorities suggest about your ultimate goal? Paul is saying what, what he believes the ultimate goal, what the ultimate goal that God has called us to is. But today, what, what do your actions and attitudes and priorities suggest that your ultimate goal is? I've shared throughout the series, Paul, as he does here, and as he does multiple, he, he uses this illustration of running a race. Again, it was language that was understood by his audience, but I also think it's a, it's a really good parallel to living the Jesus life. It's, it's running the race. We see it here, but we also see it in Hebrews chapter 12. I've got it on the screen behind me because I want to demonstrate this point. Same, same author, different context, different time, different audience, but really the same idea. These words, uh, well-known in Hebrews 12, on the screen behind me, I, I believe I have them. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. There's more there. There's good stuff in Hebrews 12, but think about this as you read that. I hope you're thinking of Philippians 3. I hope you, as you're reading that, you're like, wow, this sounds familiar. Because as we run the race, as we pursue the ultimate goal, we have to acknowledge there'll be things holding us back. And in Philippians 3, it's the past. It's focusing on what's behind. On Hebrews 12, it's this entanglement, the sin, the things that weigh us down. Either way, Paul is acknowledging that as we pursue the goal, we have to be aware of the things holding us back, the things distracting us, the things weighing us down. And the focus straining forward is run with perseverance. Again, this is not a language of convenience. This is not a language of, of, of an empty religion where I, do the, I pull out the God box when I need it and I put it away. This is a commitment running the race with perseverance. Jesus ultimately is the goal. Our focus this morning, I, I think, begs the question... Uh, I, I ask the why question often, but we have to ask that. Of all the things Paul could write about in four chapters in Philippians, why this? Why was this so important to him? Why was focusing on the goal so important? And what, what was this church in Philippi missing? Perhaps, what, what could we be missing today? That a why question is really important. There's a lot of answers to that questions and good ones, Clearly, Paul is concerned about them getting focused on the past, looking back. Clearly, he's concerned uh, about living the Jesus life. He warns them against enemies of the cross, right? We see that in Philippians 3. But as I was thinking and as I was spending time just camped out in this passage, I think it really comes down to Paul saying this. Why this? Why this focus? Really what he wants the church, the believers who claim to have faith in Christ, who desire to live the Jesus life, really what he's saying to them is don't quit. Don't quit. Why, 
Why would he write these words? Paul is chained up in a prison, and I'm sure there's moments he wanted to quit. I'm sure there's moments he wanted to believe this is it. Considering all of the suffering and opposition that he endured, he had to have been discouraged. It's easy to read his words and just think he was some superhuman that never got discouraged. He had to have been discouraged at times. And of all the things that he could say, of all of the encouragement he could try to provide, I believe it comes right back to this idea. Don't quit. Don't get stuck looking in the past. Don't get, don't get stuck there. Don't quit. Keep your eyes focused. Strain towards what's ahead. Don't quit. There's going to be opposition. We've talked about that throughout Philippians, right? There's going to be hard days. There's going to be strain towards what's ahead. Don't give up. Look, you'll have reasons to give up. Legitimate reasons. You have distractions. Don't give up. We started with the story of Lindsay, Jacob Ellis. The heartbreak of being so close to a gold medal and losing it. And for her, if if you're familiar at all with her story, that was back in 2006. And she was young, and so she continued to pursue her dream. But the heartbreak of losing out on Olympic gold for her continued. Year after year, at each Olympic, she fell short. Failing to qualify, failing to finish with even a medal until 2022. The Winter Olympics just last year, 16 years. Think about that, 16 years. That's like two lifetimes for some Olympic athletes. 16 years after that gut-wrenching fall, she finally reached her goal. She finished Olympic gold. I wonder how many times in 16 years she wanted to give up. I wonder how many early morning, late night workouts. I wonder how many competitions. I wonder how many times at the biggest stage in the Olympic Games every four years that she failed and she fell and she fought. Did she want to quit? But somehow she persevered. She didn't quit and she reached her goal. Her story is inspiring. But I want to leave you today with the image of another Olympian. Some of you are like, I didn't know it was going to be Olympic Sunday here. I, I promise today it's just relevant, but I want to leave you with another Olympian, somebody you probably don't know and may never would. His Olympic accolades are not nearly what someone like Lindsay Jacobellis has accomplished. It was way back in 1992. The athlete's name was Derek Redman, and Derek was from, from Great Britain. He was a national champion in the 400 meters. And so he came in to the Barcelona Olympics as a front runner for a medal. Not a shoe in for gold, but certainly gold was in his sights. And, and as he began this semifinal race, all he had to do was to qualify in the top three or four so that he could make the finals for his dream of competing for gold. And as he began his semifinal race in 1992, With his eyes on the prize, he began a race. Again, imagine how many times he had run this race, 400 meters, his race. He he had all the records in his home country, right? How many times he had run this race, but this race, semifinals in 1992, was not at all what he expected. Take a look. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. 
Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. And Derek Redmond of Great Britain has pulled up with an injury. Redmond is out. Derek Redmond, the British record holder. I want, you to, I want you to picture that scene for a minute. 17 seconds into this dream, into the thing that you have trained your entire lifetime for, and your dream is over. His hamstring, he, he says he literally heard it pop. <laughs> Felt like someone had shot him in the leg. He goes down in a heap. And just like that, the goal, the dream is over. Can you just, I don't know what, some of you, you know, you're athletes, some of you aren't, and I don't know what in, in your context that would mean or that would look like, but can you imagine that in your life, in that moment, the devastation? Yeah, the physical and emotional pain of tearing your hamstring during the biggest race of your life. But in that moment, Derek made a really remarkable decision. He made the decision to finish the race. Take a look. And an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team as he doesn't want anybody to help him. It'll be Lewis to win in 44.50. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running which you have to respect a bizarre finish to this first semi-final in the men's 400 meters Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch he's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane And now the pain too much. Olympic Stadium as Redman, with assistance this time, approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. You may never have heard of Derek. Redmond's story, and you may never again, but what a beautiful illustration of forgetting what is behind. What about all the years of training? What about all the dreams and the goals and the people that sacrificed to get me here and the people that were watching and the forgetting what is behind? Straining towards what is ahead. When asked later, Derek was quoted as saying, I knew at that moment I wasn't going to win the race. 
but I was committed to finish the race. As I think about you and I, I think about the race. For again, some of you may push back at that analogy a little bit because you don't see yourself as much of an athlete or a runner, but Paul seems to bring us there time and time again that living the Jesus life is, is a race and you and I are on the race, in the race. I think about Derek's story though and his journey because I think it just beautifully illustrates our lives. There's been pain and there's been disappointment and there's been obstacles and there's been hurt. Some of you, even today, right now, you're facing something that's real heavy and that's real hard and your greatest temptation is you wanna quit. And everyone around you, could ju- you could justify it and say, look, who would have blamed Derek Redmond for limping off to the side and just not finishing the race that day? No one. In your life today, it'd be really easy to look at some of the circumstances, the pain, the difficulty in your journey and say, look, it's just too hard. But you know, the thing I love about that, and, and the commentators, the announcers at the time, they don't realize it. But Derek's father runs out from the stands. And just as the pain became so overwhelming, he wraps his arm around his son. He says, come on, we're going to finish together. What a beautiful illustration of our journey together. We keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because he's there with us. And with him, we're going to finish the race. There's nothing in your past. There's nothing happening in your life right now. There's nothing in your future that's going to keep you from finishing the race because your father is right there with his arm around your shoulder. He says, come on, we're going to finish this race. And I don't know what that means to you today. I can't tell you in your life what that means, but I'm confident today that there's some of us that through pain and through difficulty and through temptations to want to quit, the voice of the Lord today, his word says, oh, my son, my daughter, don't quit. Don't quit. Come on, come on. Forget what's behind. Strain towards what's ahead, and I'm I'm right there with you. Come on, we're going to finish. We're going to finish. We're going to reach the goal. I want to invite you this morning right where you are. um, Would you just bow your heads for a minute and close your eyes? Some of us need need a minute (laughs) to pray that the Holy Spirit is here and speaking. And some of us, we want to respond to the voice of the Lord in this moment. Because for us, the temptation to quit has been real. The pain and difficulty of our past and present is real. For us, this isn't just a story or an encouraging video, it's, it's our lives. And some of us today, maybe we feel like we're at a crossroads where we can choose to allow the pain and the difficulty to overwhelm us or we can forget what's behind. We can strain towards what's ahead and we can press on with the help of our Heavenly Father. 
So if that's you today, I want to pray right now for you. I don't know your circumstances and I don't know what you need, but I'm confident today the Lord does and he's here and, and he, he wants to minister to your hurt. He, he cares about your pain. He cares about the wounds that you're carrying. And more than anything, he wants you to know he is with you. You're not alone. So today, if that's you, would you just receive right now his love? Believe that he's with you. Believe that he has has healing and hope for you in your race. Believe, in spite of what's behind you, that good things are up ahead. You're going to reach the goal. You're going to cross that finish line. So Lord, be with those today. Be close to the brokenhearted. Be with those in the room today that we may lack faith. Be with those watching online today that feel alone and discouraged and that no one knows, Lord, for those of us that might be tempted today to quit, to get stuck in the past. Help us, Lord, to fix our eyes on you. Help us to receive your love and your care for us, even when it's hard. Help us with renewed commitment to press on, to strain towards what's ahead because we believe it's good. And Lord, we need your help. We can't do this on our own. We don't want to do it on our own. We need you to come and wrap your arm around us and lead us every step of the way. Because it's only with your help and only with your strength that we can arrive at the goal. So be with us, Lord, for the one that came in hopeless today. Help them to know you see them today, right where they are. For the one that just feels stuck Lord, you see them for the one that needs strength. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and be near to them all around this room today. As we cry out to you, Lord, be near and be close. Be close. Those of you that have been journeying with us for any amount of time know there's a song that I sing often. Um, It's not a new song, but it's a beautiful song. It's an anthem for me in my race, in my journey to forget what's behind and strain towards what's ahead. These are words that I cling to, and so I want to sing them with you today. And if you know them, sing them. If you don't know them, uh, allow this to be a prayer today. But this is going to serve as our benediction. It goes like this. Tis so sweet. Sing it if you know it. To trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word and just to rest upon his promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus 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 how I trust him how I prove him Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust in. I've said this often, but those, those last lines of that chorus, man, they're an anthem for me in the journey. When I feel like giving up, when it feels really, really hard, sometimes I sing those words, but sometimes I whisper them. Oh, for grace to trust you more. 
Oh, God, give me grace to trust you more. I trust you, Lord, but I, I want to trust you more. Maybe we could sing those words one more time together. And as we sing those words of the chorus, maybe you know this song well, maybe you don't, but you could just join me and say, wow, God, that's, my, that's the cry of my heart. Give me grace to trust you more. Let's sing that, the whole thing again. Tis so sweet to trust in make this your prayer today just to take him at his word and just to rest upon rest on his promise amen just to know thus saith the Jesus 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 how I trust him, how I've proved him more and make this your prayer. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him. Oh, give us grace, God, to trust you more. You desire to give it, Lord. Forgive us for not asking. Give us grace to trust you more. We trust you, but we want to trust you more. Thank you, Lord. You're here. I believe you're here with us. I believe you're speaking all around this room. And I believe even now you're giving us grace to trust you more. You're giving us grace to forget what's behind and strain towards what's ahead. You're giving us grace to press on. We haven't arrived yet. But with the help of your Holy Spirit, with your arm wrapped around us, God, we're going to reach the goal. And we love you and we thank you. And oh, we need you. Oh, for grace to trust you more. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.